Hey kiddos, welcome to Dad Feelings, the podcast about fictional father figures. I'm your host, Merritt, and I think if you are Canadian and if you are of a certain age, then there is a theme song that there's a good chance that it's just completely burned into your brain and you may have completely forgotten it. But what I what I want you to do um, is to to go to YouTube and just look up the Mr. Dress Up theme song, because I think you'll be surprised as I was at how quickly that just jumps back in your head, even if you haven't thought about it in in some time. Um, if you weren't, if you aren't Canadian, um, if you aren't someone who grew up in the eighties or nineties, you probably don't know who Mr. Dress Up is. And, uh, I talked about this last week on the show, actually, um, when I had Trent Garitano on and we were talking about Mr. Rogers and, um, the, they're kind of contemporaries and, uh, Mr. Dress Up is sort of often thought of as the Canadian Mr. Rogers, which is a really weird description, but, uh, he actually wasn't even Canadian. Um, initially he did get his citizenship in the nineties, but, um, he's from Maine, but Mr. Dress Up, uh, is a guy or was a guy, um, named Ernie Coombs. And he produced this children's TV show called Mr. Dress Up and, um, we mentioned a little bit about this last week, but um, he was actually uh, involved with uh, with Fred Rogers in creating a show, an early version of Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood um, that I think was called Mr. Rogers, like all one word. And um, and uh, Ernie Ernie Coombs later joined a TV series called Butternut Square, ran for a few years, and then uh, uh, Coombs creates this show, Mr. Dress Up, which goes on to become one of the longest running children's shows in English speaking Canadian history. Um, there are, I think like something like 4,000 episodes of the show. It's, it's immense. It's, um, just, it ran for, uh, almost 30 years from the late sixties to the, to the late nineties. And it was just this huge kind of cultural thing. And if you're not Canadian and if you didn't grow up at that time, I don't know that I can completely explain to you what this was, because to some extent, it's just one of those things that you encountered as a kid, um, this kind man in like really striking patterns who like really knew how to work a bow tie, um, like he was doing it way before, <laughs> I think, um, uh, people tried, uh, you know, 30, 40 years later. Um, he was this, this kind of unselfconscious man who, um, who hung out with puppets and did crafts and drew and made music. And basically what I want to do this week is sort of, um, give you a sense of like who, who that character was and who I guess Ernie Coombs was, because again, it's kind of a situation similar to Fred Rogers where, um, this is sort of a, a character, but also just a guy. Um, and I will say that because this is a Canadian person, there's a lot less out there on Mr. Dressup. Um, even just the quality of video footage is often just grabbed off of old CBC recordings. Um, the audio is terrible. Uh, the video is really shaky. There just isn't as much archival stuff about him um, because he's Canadian. And um you know, we just have smaller audiences and, um, our, our media doesn't get down to the U S uh, in the same way that U S media just 
seamlessly filters up into Canada. It's kind of a, a one-way border in that sense. But, um, but Mr. Dress Up, again, like started with this iconic theme song. And um, there are different animated versions of it throughout the years, but the actual like piano tune itself is really simple, but incredibly evocative and catchy. And basically it's about this guy, Mr. Dress Up, who uh, hangs out with mainly these two puppets. Later on, there were more, um, but he hangs out with these two puppets named Casey and Finnegan. Sometimes there are other puppets, like there's an alligator or like a bird that show up sometimes, but Casey and Finnegan live in a treehouse in the backyard of Mr. Dressup's house, which is kind of an interesting setup that I want to come back to later. Um, because the, in the whole mythos of the show, it's, it's kind of odd. Um, there's not really the same separation as there is in Mr. Rogers, where you have like the puppet world and like the human world. He's just like hanging out with puppets. Um, he also does the thing that Mr., uh, that Fred Rogers did of talking to the audience, like as kids and um, just sort of involving them directly. So there aren't really like kids around. So that is similar. Puppet friends. And um, the interesting thing about the puppets is there's two of them. There is Casey and Finnegan. And so Casey is this human child and Finnegan is a dog. Um, and they were both portrayed by this puppeteer, uh, Judith Lawrence. Uh, Casey talks, uh, Finnegan doesn't because Finnegan is a dog. Uh, but with Finnegan, like they were, the idea was that they would make the dog silent because it would be boring to have a talking dog, which is like a crazy idea to me, (laughs) but that's apparently what Judith Lawrence believed is that it would be boring to have a talking dog. And, um, but what he does is he talks through Casey. So he like whispers something to Casey and the idea was like, he would say things that Casey couldn't, um, that would be like too adult or profound or like cheeky or whatever. And then Casey would be like, oh, Finnegan, I don't know. Um, And so you wouldn't get like a direct phrasing, but you would sort of get a sense of what was happening. Um, And uh, Casey, if you don't know what this character looks like, uh, they're kind of like this just like clown-like, just rosy-cheeked child um, with kind of short hair. And they never really uh say like they never assign a gender to Casey. Casey is just Casey. And um people would like ask uh Ernie Coombs and Judith Lawrence like, oh, is Casey a boy or a girl? And she would be like, well what do you think? According to the CBC article, uh if they were like, oh, I think that she's a girl, she'd say, Yeah, you're right. And uh, if they if they were like, oh, I think he's a boy, she'd be like, yeah, you're right, which is like kind of interesting. Um, Casey is just like this gender neutral child that like um, was really consciously created in this sort of like 60s, 70s context of like, oh, well, half of our audience is going to be girls and like half are going to be boys. Like this isn't a gendered show. So like the puppet should be someone that like every kid watching can relate to. And like, we shouldn't alienate like half the audience by just like being like, Oh, this is a boy. Like, so we're going to give them a gender neutral name and, um, and affect like their voice is like a high child's voice. And so like, it's like, 
this character is just someone that you can be and you can hang out with Mr. Dress Up and, um, and a dog that talks to you, which is pretty cool. Um, but yeah, it does feel very like a product of its times, right? Of like, this is like, like this sort of old timey gender neutralness, which is like almost kind of charming in its uncomplicatedness, if that makes sense. But um, so Casey and Finnegan live in Treehouse in the backyard of Mr. Dressup's house. And he has this house that he lives in, like a human man. And um, the house has like all kinds of stuff in it. So it has like one of the the main features of the show is the tickle trunk, which is like, I think this is one way where like Ernie Coombs goes a little more like whimsical and, and child childlike, childish than um, the Mr. Rogers often did because he has this thing called the tickle trunk. And it's called that because... Um, sometimes it won't open and he has to tickle it to like, to make it open up. And, um, and it's full of costumes. And so here's where we get to the name of the show, right? Because his name is Mr. Dress Up. That isn't, it's not like a human name, like Rogers or Coombs. Um, he's called Mr. Dress Up because he dresses up, right? He's not you know, he delivers on his promises. He dresses up as like wizards and dragons and musicians and like, like all kinds of like wild occupations and characters. And, um, is just really about like the power of imagining something and just like having fun with it. Like there is a difference between a man who like sits down in a cardigan and sneakers and talks to you about, you know, how you're great and special and, and a man who dresses up as a dragon, like, a, you know, a 40, 50 year old man who dresses up as a dragon and is like, hey, this rules to be a dragon. Like, why? Let's be a dragon for a while. Like, why not? We can do that if we want to. Um, there are different kinds of affects, right? There are different ways of relating to kids, but I think they're both valuable. Like, they're both valid. And um, so he would dress up in these these costumes and like, you know, just have little like, like fun little interactions with Casey and Finn again. And um, so there's a lot of dressing up. There's also a lot of drawing, which I really like. Um, he would sit down in front of this easel and like play these kinds of drawing games with the audience of like, oh, I went to the grocery store and I'm going to like draw a nice little bag. And like, what did we get there? Like, what um, what's like, oh, I got something that... Um, you know, you spread on toast and it's, it's like kind of sticky and it's like, yeah, oh yeah, it's peanut butter. You're right. And like he draws a little peanut butter jar and, um, was just big on like, Hey, you can do this if you want to, you want to draw something, you want to dress up? Let's yeah. Why not? Let's do it. Um, let's just like go wild. Let's go bananas. Also, I drew some bananas. Um, so there's like the drawing, there's the creating art, um, there's crafts. So he would do things like, oh, I'm going to like, I dressed up like a musician, like a band musician from a marching band. And I'm going to make like a, you know, a horn out of like paper towel tubes and like tape and stuff. Um, and he had this like, you know, he was always be very, um, not quite, not meticulous, but like, you know, uh, he would be like, oh, kids, like, be sure to, like, keep your tape, like, the right way and, like, always put the pens back on your markers and, like, you know, take take your craft seriously because, like, 
um, like have fun with it, but like, you know, be good to your tools and, and just, you know, be like responsible and stuff, I guess, like as responsible as one has to be while making it, a you know, a play musical instrument. Um, and, uh, yeah, so there's like crafts and then there's singing. So like, uh, the, the puppet would like Casey would sing a lot. Um, and like, uh, Ernie would like sing along with Casey and, um, just like interact with, with, uh, with Casey and Finnegan. And like, this is like something I hadn't thought about until I, I went to, uh, do the research for this episode was like, is Mr. Dress Up like Casey and Finnegan's dad? Like, does, what is there, what is, what, how does that work exactly? Because again, like there isn't this world of make-believe where the puppets live, right? They just live in his backyard in a treehouse, which rules, right? Like being a kid who like lives with your talking dog who can only talk to you in a treehouse of like your, your like cool friend, um, friend's backyard is awesome. Um, and like eventually they left the show because, uh, Judith Lawrence retired and, uh, they were like, oh, well they have to go to, um, to like kindergarten or something or preschool or whatever. Um, and they like started introducing other puppets rather than sort of just bring on a different puppeteer, which was kind of an interesting decision. And, um, yeah, it's like, how does that, like, what is going on here? And this actually gets back to something that, um, we talked about really early, like one of the earliest episodes of the show, um, when Justin McElroy was on to talk about Pee Wee Herman, we talked about Pee Wee's Playhouse and like Pee Wee as like the dad of that show. And, uh, if you came onto the show, uh, since then, I would really recommend going back and listening to it. It's like a ton of fun, but, um, Justin raised like a lot of things I'd never thought about, about like Pee Wee being the responsible one. And also like, where does he go when he leaves the playhouse? And like, what is his, the nature of his responsibility towards these like puppets and like talking pterodactyls and stuff. And like, I get that that's projecting a lot onto a kid's show that like, doesn't like, I, I hate like YouTube channels that are like, here's my theory about, you know, Mario is actually dead or like Pee Wee Herman goes to live with his other family. But like thinking about it in terms of like fatherly representations, like I think that is kind of interesting and fruitful. Like Ernie Coombs as Mr. Dress Up is sort of this father figure to Casey Finnegan in that he is like implicitly more responsible than them, but also like he kind of isn't right in the same way that Fred Rogers kind of isn't like children's media that's created in this time period that isn't a cartoon is interesting to me because like when you have these people and they're often like older men talking directly to the audience, they're always straddling this line or like they're always working with this line of like being an authority figure versus being a friend. And um, Fred Rogers sort of played with that with his uh the way that he spoke but also his outfits and things so like he would you know he's wearing a shirt and tie or he's wearing like a, a suit jacket like that makes him kind of an authority figure right like that's not what kids wear but at the same time he's wearing sneakers he's talking directly to you like as a person 
and so it's like you know where does he sort of fall on that and i think any children's entertainer is sort of working that um trying to find the most fruitful way to work that um that binary of like authority peer and definitely i think mr dress up comes down a lot more on the side of peer um he is sort of just like an authority figure by virtue of being the one who's like you know in this house and he's the one who's doing stuff and um obviously like casey is a puppet which is sort of like there's because casey is like a child but also a puppet like uh the puppet is really simple and it's just like a hand puppet and so like it can't actually do or like the puppet they i'm not gonna call casey it um can't actually like grasp things very well or like do kind of basic interactions with the environment or the world around it and so uh casey the character of casey is kind of dependent on on mr dress up to like pull things out of boxes or bags or like do those kind of bits in their interactions which is kind of interesting and, and makes him more of like uh, an authority person i feel like um also, a lot of their interactions were ad-libbed. And going back and watching it now, it's kind of, like, obvious, although not necessarily in a bad way. But, like, they would have some kind of sense of, like, what the bit was going to be. And uh, and then they would just, like, it would be like, oh, Casey is annoyed with something. And, uh, and then Judith Lawrence would just, like, make up the dialogue um, for the character. And they would just have this sort of, like, back and forth. And, um... Yeah, it's 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 interesting because like that is a big difference I feel like between Mr. Dressup and Mr. Rogers is there is um you know, Fred Rogers was really about like speaking directly to the audience and not having an intermediary of like a child audience that he would talk to in the studio. And for the most part Ernie Coombs does that too, but like there is this intermediary, which is or intermediary, which is this puppet, right? Which is uh, Casey, and so kids are sort of like both, you know, Casey, and then also like themselves, you know, interacting with with the TV and like shouting out answers when Mister Dressup asks, like, "What's something that comes from a cow that maybe we would get at the grocery store or whatever?" Um, which I feel like almost makes him like more of a dad figure than like a, a Mr. Rogers almost. Um, but yeah, like the whole like mythos of the show is like the whole setup is, is kind of like neat. Cause it's like this really playful, like idyllic kind of picture of like this kid who like has a bunch of autonomy living with a dog in a treehouse. Also, like, I don't know how the dog gets up the treehouse, but, um, and, like, just hang out with, with their friends. Um, and again, like, that combined with, like, the gender neutralness of the Casey character feels, like, very much a product of its times. Like, it doesn't feel like this is the kind of children's media that would exist in the same way today. And I guess maybe it does. Like, I don't know, but I feel like, uh, I guess I feel like the, the contemporary kind of analog is, like, uh, things like Daniel Tiger, which I guess came out of Mr. Rogers, um, or Dora the Explorer, where like cartoon characters are sort of like, interacting with one another, but also talking to the viewer. But um, it's like a little different, right? 
Uh, I feel like I'm sort of getting off off track a little bit, but um, but yeah. So Lawrence eventually left um, left the show. Um, she worked on it for 23 years and then left when she was like worried about the way that TV was being consumed and commercialized. And, um, and, uh, yeah, they brought on other puppets and Ernie Kims did the show right up until 96. Um, he did it for like, again, almost 30 years. The only Canadian TV show that ran longer than it was, um, uh, the giant one, what is that called? Uh, friendly, the friendly giant, um, which I never really, I, I didn't really get as a kid. It was like a giant standing in a tower that he like couldn't lay down in talking to birds that came through the window. I, I don't know. Anyway, um, this was like just a show about being, um, exuberant in your interests, I feel like. And if you watch some clips, you'll see that Ernie Coombs' affect is even a little different than Fred Rogers. Like, he has some similarities, but he feels, like, a little less restrained in a lot of things and a little more just, like, jokey and jovial. Um, And so, like, it's a show about celebrating creative abilities, which I feel like um, is a cool thing for, for, like, this, you know, older kind of dad figure to be doing for kids. Um, it's, I feel like less about these messages of these like explicit messages of like you're valuable in your uniqueness and more about like, let's have fun being dragons. Um, which again, like I think is also like kind of a cool and valuable thing. It's a lot of playing around with different roles, um, playing around with like different like modes of creating, playing around with different modes of interacting with the world. And I guess these are all probably staples to some extent of children's media because it is like a lot about experimentation and like finding out who you are or like trying on different things. Um, And in Mr. Dress Up, it is a very literal trying on of different things where you're trying on uh, these different costumes and, uh, you know, singing different songs and just creating art and just like having a good time about it. Um, and, uh, yeah, you can actually go to, uh, the CBC museum in Toronto and see Casey's Treehouse and the tickle trunk, which is kind of cool. Um, and yeah, the show like has, I feel like this lasting impact in the collective consciousness of 20 to 30 somethings in Canada. Uh, and I hope I've done somewhat of a good job of sort of explaining why that is uh, to people who who didn't get it the first time. Because again, like, I think it is sad that, and not to turn this into like a, you know, a comment on CanCon, but like, it is sad how like so much Canadian media uh, just doesn't get the play that it deserves just by virtue of being Canadian compared to its US counterparts. Uh, I think that will just about do it for us this week. Um, little bit of a shorter episode this time Um, but I hope you all have been enjoying these kind of more uplifting episodes of the show um I know I I mentioned a few weeks ago like we had had some some comments about just like hey can we get some good dads like and I agree like good dads are great and sometimes it does feel like there is less to say about them uh but I I don't think that has to be the case and I think it's an interesting challenge to talk about you know, it's easier almost to to talk about shitty depictions of dads because, like, 
I feel like I am pretty good at that at this point, and I was before I started the show as well. Um, I feel like that kind of media analysis is like a really easy thing to do because, you know, I said on Twitter the other day, like, we live in hell world and all media created is tainted by virtue of the fact that it was produced in hell world and pointing out that something is tainted isn't, doesn't actually make you that smart or, and isn't that interesting because like, yeah, everything is like, everything comes from hell world. Um, and so it, it's often really easy for those of us with like even a very casual kind of media analysis lens to, um, to talk about sort of negative representation or like, um, problematic de- depictions of things. Um, but talking about like, okay, well, what, what makes like a positive dad figure or like, what gives us like positive dad feelings and not just like complicated bad ones? Um, because I think, you know, positive feelings can be just as complicated as and interesting as negative ones. And we do ourselves a disservice in art and just generally when we assume that uh, negative things, negative sentiments are inherently more interesting than positive ones. So I don't think that's true. Um, and we're going to try and keep this kind of a, uh, we're going to try and keep the balance going. I think, um, you know, we're going to try and have more episodes that are kind of like on the, the Mr. Rogers, Mr. Dress Up side of things uh, to go along with the ones that are, uh, you know, ego from Guardians of the Galaxy or, uh, you know, whatever kind of not so great dads, Vince McMahon, <laughs> etc. cetera. Um, as usual, if you have any suggestions for future episodes or guests that you'd like to see, um, again, we are expanding the format to include episodes that are just sort of conversations with actual living dads um, who aren't fictional characters. So if there's any of those types of humans who you'd like to see on the show, um, do let us know at dadfeelings or at stamian on Twitter. And um, until next week, thank you for joining us and um, go listen to that Mr. Dress Up theme song and maybe watch some clips. Bye, kiddos! Dad Feelings is hosted by Merrick Kay and produced and edited by me, Nick Bravo. Dad Feelings is a part of Stay Me, the world's only podcast network. We're entirely listener-supported. If you enjoy the show, please consider becoming a patron of Say Me at dadfeelings.com support. Our theme music is Swell Content by Speedy Ortiz off their album Foiled Deer. Thanks to Car Park Records and Sadie Dupuy for letting us use it. Please mention us on Twitter. We're at dadfeelings and at staymeanco. Or rate and review us in iTunes. We really appreciate it. Thanks for listening. <laughs>